0: Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay
1: tuned. I am here with the coach, John Britt. Man, and I'm here with the vet, Mr. N. Griffin. A little bit under the weather you are, but it's always great to see you, and it's always great to see the two guests we have on tonight. I mean, I absolutely love having these guys on.
0: Well, Coach, we got we got our Baldwin, former sustainer, aerosol guy, airborne guy, residing in the great state of Georgia, I do believe. And uh just living life large down there. How's things going?
2: You just getting ready to vote for Space well, Station. Not on not on your <laughs> camel, not on my horse. <laughs> she would not make it. Anyway, but I'm doing fine. I'm in uh, recovery mode from a uh, rotator cup surgery and uh amongst other things they call it the unmentionables. Uh, glad to be in uh, good company here. Good evening, everyone.
0: So, Coach, and then, of course, you know the guy down below me, you know, the former 1987 star quarterback for the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, Mr. Handsome himself, the bravest guy I know that ride on any chopper, no matter if they got any fuel, any oil coming out of it all over the place, he'll brave that sucker no matter what, Mr. Allen Bailey.
3: Yep, yep. There you go. Hey, if if those birds ain't leaking oil, they ain't safe to
0: ride on anyway. So, I'll ride it. (laughs) <laughs> so coach tonight we're going to talk about a somber subject. Um and it's a subject that is is nothing to laugh or or to or to, for any of us to ever mock and none of us here would we all know that but I mean there, there's some people that take things a little lightly. But in Michigan uh in Oakland County and as I've expressed, this happened just right from the suburb from where we live, just right across. My son played their school on ball and such, and uh, they had a, a school shooting. And there's some issues with the school shooting that before it's over with, this might change some precedents, which I never thought would, uh, on how we look at certain things. Uh, because this has a, a, a chance to have a case against the parents. Uh, for involuntary manslaughter and such so but we want to talk about the case a little bit first and uh, I can start it off with that and ask some questions or or you can either way coach it doesn't matter to me uh, how you want to do that
1: Um, well let me just give you a little I'll give you a little bit before and then I'd like for you to ask a few questions when I first heard about this shooting of course uh, it, it's always terrifying. We we we've all have kids either in school or have had kids that are in school, and that's just an absolute nightmare. To even think about the terror of of getting that phone call or hearing about it, it is absolutely eerie to me. And I haven't even said this to you, vet, but my daughter that morning sent me a text from White House High School saying that there is uh, they're going on lockdown because of a possible threat at their school. So I didn't hear anything for about an hour or so later because I was off that day. And so I actually tapped into KLTV and it said on their active school shooter was somewhere else up in the country. But just for a split second, it's amazing that, you know, it made me think that way. This situation here is all over the place. I mean, from the parents having issues to the school having issues, uh, the, the the young man had major issues. But there was a breakdown of security across the board, a breakdown of parenting across the board. So I'm going to enjoy us breaking this down because I do think you're right. The precedent that was set on this of of the parents being normally in situations like this, people might get sued civilly. But in this case, it looks like the criminal issue is going to come up for maybe, like you said, a set of precedent going forward that, you know, you've got to protect the public from your own child, maybe. So, Coach, one thing I want to say on this here
0: is I'm going to walk it through, and then I'll I'll, I'll propose some questions regarding that. I think it's important that I I, I go through the timeline for a second. Uh, But before I do that, I want to throw one timeline, and I've mentioned it to Aaron and Alan, is in 2012, I was in Afghanistan, and my wife sent me a text, and she goes, I've been crying all morning. I can't stop crying. I'm like, what the heck's going on? And I had no clue because I was – worried about things downrange, thinking about that. And Sandy Hook, it just happened. And the Sandy Hook shooting incident happened. And and there was a whole lot of verbiage coming out of there. And if we remember right, the, the child had some mental issues. He killed the mom, took the guns from there, and then he went to the school where she taught. And he 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 did horrible things that, that that community will probably never recover for 50 years, to be honest, over that. And um so, but to start with this, I think there is some, there is some people that started doing things decent in this, and you know, and then it didn't hit a roadblock in places. The teachers identified a couple times, you know, the teachers identified that there was an issue in sending to the counselor. From what I understand, the day before, the day prior, sent him to the counselor, and uh, and he expressed that. Well, hey, you know, uh, shooting sports is a family hobby, you know. And so they reached out to mom, but she didn't reply then. And after school, the mom supposedly sent a text about him saying, LOL, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn not to get caught, you know, like, what? That's good parenting. You know what I'm saying? Which is not. I'm being facetious on that. And in the morning of the shooting, another, I don't know if it was the same teacher or another teacher, but a teacher uh, saw that he had some concerning drawings, took him to the counselor. While there, he said, hey, I'm getting behind on one of my classes. Can I do some homework? And he did, supposedly. And uh, he, the student said that he was designing a web game, video game for his future uh, career. And uh, then the parents finally came. And the counselor expressed this, and I think this is where a roadblock needs to be put in, maybe. The counselor expressed, at no time did they believe the student would harm themselves by their demeanor responses and such. And the school counselor told the parents they must, uh, within 48 hours, seek uh, mental health, pretty much, or counseling for him, or they'll call CPS. They refused to take him home though, and my deal is is so. But you released him back in class because it was brought to you, and something that I threw out there before we started. Maybe, in hindsight, maybe uh, we should have been we search his stuff, or search him, searches all his stuff in his locker, just to make sure that there's nothing on him, as a protocol. But I do know that schools are leery of civil cases that come off of this. Uh, they brandish a, a student and things of that nature. So that's the first question I'm going to throw out there. Do you think there could be any changes to that? What do you think of the potential civil cases interfere with this? And the other thing is the counselor apparently did not notify the principal or assistant principal. Made the decision based off her clinical analysis that she was raised to do that this is, was the procedure. So I'm gonna throw it first off to Ira and uh, and let us know what you think on that right there. And then we'll get to Alan and I'll bring it back to the coach. How's that?
2: That'd be fine. Well, first, of all, first and foremost, my heart goes out to the family of uh, children lost, but by no means is this an isolated incident. We talk about Columbine High School. We talk about Sandy Hook. Uh, There was an incident at, uh, I want to say, Paducah-Tillman High School or in the uh, Paducah, uh, Kentucky area. And not too long ago, in 1999, just four miles from my house at Heritage High School, there was a shooting incident by which uh, six students were shot. Um, Again, by no means is this an isolated uh, event, but I definitely hope it goes away. But what can we do about it? I mean, One, I believe that security, there's a problem with security protocols. You've got to fix that. You have to show ID. You're going to get wand in. You're going to get everything checked before you go into a federal or even state uh, government buildings. That's to include prisons and things of that nature there. Why can't you have the same level of security scrutiny at schools, all the schools? You're going to have to spend the money. So, um, you know. It's just weird and the, the way I think here in America, again, I'm just going to broad paint this, that we want to save money, we want to cut corners, but when you start hitting them in the wallet, when I say hitting the, hitting the institutions, hitting the organizations in the wallet through lawsuits, sometimes that may take a lot of money from them to wake them up, to do the right things. Um, this hurts across the board. Um, no kid should go... Or no parents are about sending their kids to school the kids go to school their only words should be hey i'm going to have a great time and learn some things not that in the middle of the day you get a phone call or email or something or visit then your child has been shot or killed or, or whatever um, we've got to do better to protect our kids so um it, it, it's a sad occasion yeah. um, got to do more coach what do
1: you think well I'm going to let Alan go ahead and, and talk about it and then I'll give my, my assessment on it. But Alan, I mean, what, what do you think about this? I mean, you've had kids also, you know, I mean, we grew up in school together. I mean, I couldn't ever imagine something like this. I mean, what do you, what do you think about these school shootings?
3: You know, I, I was sitting there thinking, and it, it usually takes one of you in or you in or Jerry or Craig to bring up something for me to remember anything nowadays. But I remember when we were in school, it was nothing for there'd be 12 pickups sitting out in the parking lot, and 12 of them pickups would probably have a shotgun in it. But there was never any shootings in the on at any of the schools when we were coming up. You know, guys go hunting before school, guys were going hunting after school. They kept them in their trucks. There's never an issue. So what is it now? You know, some people will say, well, it's the video games or it's it's the music they listen to. I, I don't agree with either any of that. Somewhere, if somebody's gotten it in their head, it's cool to carry a gun and go shoot people. And I'm, I'm with our, my, my youngest son, he went to school here in Colleen at the high school. And a couple of times we went up there for a parent stuff, they had metal detectors at the doors. And so I asked my son, I said, Well, how does that work when y'all come in, y'all walk through? He said, Yeah, we walked through but but he said, They don't work. I said, So they're just there. He said, Yeah, they're just there. He said, yeah, they're just there. He said, I said, was the security guys up here with wands or anything? He said, well, the security guys would be there, but there's no wands. So I'm like, all right, you know, as many school shooting as it has been spread out across the United States, every school should be lined up with metal detectors at the door, a clear backpack so you can see what's in the backpack. If it's clear, you can, there's no guessing if there's a gun in that backpack or not. Uh I got a. I know a retired brigade sergeant major, when he retired out of the Army, he went to work in construction, building houses. Well, I talked to him a couple of months ago. He's quit doing that. Now he works for a company. Here in Texas, they're building safe rooms inside of the classrooms. So when these mass shootings start or something like this happens, they can get all these kids into these rooms that are inside each classroom that are bulletproof to protect the kids from these shootings. So I think if you do more stuff to protect the kids at the school, the school protect their self, we won't have these lawsuits like, like we're talking about here in. I think we we you gotta do the same. You gotta put the counselors and teachers got to be trained on what to look for. And I know they gotta be getting classes. We get classes on everything. So there's things, I guarantee you there was a lot of stuff coming, you know, coming up to this incident that they could have seen on this board that, that should have been triggers. You know, his dad bought him this gun. His mom was tweeting about it, uh, about her son getting his new Christmas present. The kid's, what, 15, 17, 15 years old. He's got more guns than I got. And I'm I'm fifty 53 years old. And I, I don't see a need for a kid that age to have a, a handgun. Not say a shotgun, but a handgun that shoots multiple bullets. They said when the police apprehended him, he still had 18 live rounds on him. So... What I have noticed, though, is they've quit killing themselves. So I, you notice when a lot of these shootings happen, they would kill themselves before they get arrested. Now they're not killing themselves because now they can get their 15 minutes of fame because that's all we do. They do this, and we keep putting them up on the TV. Exactly. I think if we stop putting them on TV and we just say, uh, individual shot and killed somebody today, quit putting them. Get Quit giving them their time of fame. Somebody shot somebody today.
0: That's all you need to say. Don't don't put out Alan, there who it was and who did it and put the picture out there. Alan, I agree. We remember when the Oklahoma City bombing happened, when they did the death sentence, him, They did it live. But all news agencies refused to mention his name when they they they, they, they put him to death. They refused to mention his name. And that's exactly how it should be. In my mind, so I'm gonna throw it to the coach real quick. Go ahead, coach.
1: Well, there, there's so many things going through my mind, different avenues that I, that I could talk about. Uh, one of the first things that I wanna say is, you know, one of the, one of the things of us working in a prison that I, I work in prison, we have, you know, there's lots of security there. At times it gets lax, you know, but there's metal detectors that we go through daily. But one of the things I think that there was an issue with that was overlooked was this gentleman had drawings of a semi-automatic handgun that said, the thoughts won't stop. Help me, help me. And then there was a note with a drawing of a bullet with the words blood everywhere. And then down in the drawing in the bottom, it, it said, my life is useless. And to the right of those words, it said, the world is dead. Now we have to take training in prison for suicide, awareness, depression, uh, things that could cause somebody to hurt someone else or themselves, this is a 100% issue of a person crying out for some type of help. That I'm not saying the guy doesn't have any kind of culpability in this because he did shoot people, but my God, how much more could you get to for someone to go, we need to help this kid? And so what? You're a counselor and you don't, and you see this stuff and you don't uh, – you don't contact the authorities. You don't contact the principal. You don't contact anybody but the parents and say, okay, we're, we want him to go home. But since you don't want him to go home, I'm just going to send him back to class. I mean, that is a, you're talking about civil issue. That's a major civil issue for that for that school district. And there's probably, talking about criminal um, culpability for the parents, I do think this is just something we can talk about later or we don't have to talk about it at all. I believe because of the situation that they're saying this involuntary manslaughter, man, you know how hard that's going to be to prove that? I think they might have overcharged the parents on that. I'm not saying they're not culpable, but to prove them to be involuntary manslaughter is going to be tough. But I think the parents also think the counselor, that counselor should have some type of issue to deal with too for not contacting the authorities. Alan brought up something. Dude, I've said this a hundred times, Alan. We used to have shotguns in every vehicle at, on high school. We didn't have shootings. What has happened? Like you said, people say video games. People say movies. People say Hollywood. People say, you know, there's more depression now. There's more There's more society. We're playing, you know, crazy games. on. There's something that has happened because we had more guns readily available to us in the parking lot than these kids have now. But it seems like there's one shooting up a school every few months. Just like the gentleman that shot up the school in, what was it, Fort Worth or Arlington a couple months before this one. Mr. Simpkins was a young kid that, well, it was a huge deal until we realized he didn't shoot up the school randomly. He just went and shot people that had bullied him. Well, the media just let that go. It's still an issue of somebody going into a school with a bunch of kids shooting people. But we look at that differently because, oh, he didn't go in and randomly shoot. He shot who he was trying to shoot. So the media plays a huge role in this. Quit naming people. Quit talking about it. Quit putting white and black and black and white when it comes to talking about, you know, this white person walked into a school and shot these people. This black person went here and did that. All the media is doing is creating all this chaos, but when these young kids see it and hear it, when, they, when they're when they depressed or when they don't have the perfect home school or they're not involved in athletics and they're getting accolades, they're wanting their 15 minutes of fame, and they're getting in a bad way. Vet, I don't see this stopping. I don't know what we can do. You're going to charge the parents. You can charge the school. You can sue everybody, but it's still it's still continuing. So, so coach, I'm going to cover a couple of things.
0: Something that you covered uh, that you deal with in the prison. That's the first thing I'm going to cover. Is so, our and y- y'all all know that in, when we left the army, by the time we left, that all these red flags. We would have been chaplain, suicide watch, locked down. Nobody walks away from them. That's just how we are in the Army. Uh, that was one of the questions I used to ask people wanting to be first sergeants. You know, what happens when somebody comes and tells you this? Well, I might try to help them out. Like, no, you're going to freaking call the chaplain or you're going to call mental health and you're not going to let them be by themselves. If you can't say that, you don't get to be a first sergeant. It's just how it is.
2: And, and you know, that's absolutely correct. It's a team approach. It's a team approach to it. And yeah. the question was, who else needs to know? Yes. And so, but I will say,
0: we, we we got to see some things that hit the internet about this. We don't know exactly everything that the counselor saw. You know what I'm saying? So there can be that part there that they might not have solved what you just described. We don't know. Or they may have. But that's the red flag. The second thing I want to cover is something Allen covered. Is about the guns. I have a decent amount of guns, and all my children have are proficient and respectful to guns. I have a sixteen-year-old his house. He knows where the guns are, but he don't know how to get in the gun safe. He knows where the other gun safes are at, but he don't know the code to the gun safe, and that's just how it is. You know, he knows where they are. He could probably teach anybody that ever watches this how to handle gun safety, shoot proficiently, and never discharge around negligently. You know, but I still look at him. He's 16 years old. Okay. So that's the second thing. The third thing I'm going to say is on the part, and it was brought up that someone had said he was bullied. And you had mentioned it with another case, Coach John Brent. I was four foot 10 walking into high school. And I was a class clown in the eighth grade and I went into a shell like it was nobody's business because I got my ass whooped the first 60 days in high school. I got thrown over that damn nine foot wall every freaking day. But there was never a part of me that I sit there and said, I need to go get a gun and settle this real quick. I took my licks like a man. I toughened up. I got where I could take a beating and still swing some punches still. And I just got where I could take a beating. And that's a difference in society today is that doesn't exist. It made me a tough old dirty son of a bitch after that. But, you know, I had to get that when I was four foot ten to be a little bit better when I was five foot eleven. And I'll throw it to you on that real quick. Coach, go ahead.
1: Well, that is one thing that I've discussed you know, recently with my my inmates and also had a discussion with with an attorney here in town that because of the bullying that. That used to just be, you know, initiation that we would do in school. And there'd be certain things that the males did to the males and the females did to the females. And it was just part of your right to passage to becoming a high schooler. Uh, Yes, that was bullying. Yes, that was hazing. But there was less people killing themselves and less people shooting up schools for that type of situation. What we have done is we've created this weakness in our society with our kids where we want the parents to come in and handle the bullying. When Ian Griffin, you said it correctly, we had to stand up to the bully and get our butts whooped. But sooner or later, either you stood up and punched the bully, even if he got, beat your ass or he moved on to someone else. But it taught you a life lesson. Life is difficult. Life is tough. There's always going to be bigger people around and you're not going to have mommy to come get you out of a human resource situation when you're 25 years old working for a damn company. And what you're doing when you have mommy come into the counselor and the principal's office and demand that this kid be kicked out of school because he's bullying your little Johnny, you're setting little Johnny up to end up having problems like this. And as you talk about a society issue, we don't have initiations anymore. And it was a good thing. Yes, I got my ass whipped with a paddle. Yes, Jennifer Bynum and Tracy Hayeswood got taken over to cross to the park and had eggs put in their hair. And had, you know, syrup put on them and had to go through a, through a car wash. Oh, my God. So humili- humiliating to them. But you know what? When they were seniors, they did it to the freshmen. And the freshmen expected it and looked forward to it when they were seniors to do it. We've got to quit coddling this freaking generation of kids or they're all going to turn out to either blow somebody's head off or live a life of depression on medication because we parents don't want a parent. We want to be their friends.
0: So I'm going to throw it over to, to, to Alan and I are here in a second. But I want to throw this on here real quick is when my daughter was at like in seventh grade or whatever, every freaking young lady in second grade had their spell of runaway. It was a check the block that they ran away from home and you wouldn't cool in school until you did your damn runaway. And we've come to the point where if I'm picked on, I'm not notarized unless I make them all pay. And uh, and we we've come to that. So I'm going to throw the bullying question out. You know, what do you think of that, Alan? And into Ira, and and a little bit about this here also about is this it? Are we will this evolve into the check the block thing before it's all over with? Because that's sure what it seems like. Go ahead, Alan. You know what? Uh, something I don't think any of us have brought up yet is
3: social media, and I'm going to tell you right now the bullying has went from. What we went through to now, it's bullying over the internet. It's easy to bully somebody from a keyboard. Do it face to face. It ain't you know. It's not as easy. But you know, TikTok. My you know, my youngest son. He's a police officer, and he was telling me there's these TikTok challenges going around in all the high schools, you know. And there's there's different ones. Steal something from the high school and post it on social media that you stole this from the high school. Uh, Cause a fight. See who which school can have the largest fight with the most injuries. That's on TikTok. That's a TikTok challenge. There's a TikTok challenge to shoot up a school or shoot at a school and see how many kids you can keep from coming to school the next day because the school got shot at. There's a bunch of them out there. So it's the bullying and and through, through social media, TikTok, it's the same thing like you were saying about your daughter. You know, if you don't run away, you're not cool. Well, now if you don't do this and post it on TikTok, you're not cool. So, you know, you know why we didn't have problems, coach and vet? We didn't have problems because our parents were involved. Because I can I guarantee you, Amen. unless your parent was working, they were at every, every one of your sporting events, every one of your school functions, whatever you happen to have. How many school functions do they have anymore? I mean, they might still have them in Pittsburgh a lot, but I'm going to tell you here in Colleen myself, they didn't have any. They're, they're where the parents came to the school for something, so. And they don't, want you in, they don't want you involved anyway because they don't want you to try to tell them how you should be teaching your kids. So you got to get the parents back in there. If you got parents involved at the school, there's no time to be bullied. And you know, there's this place, I can't remember what town, what state it's in. They got these retired dads. They're called Dad on Patrol. And they're hanging out at the schools to make sure it's safe for the kids to get to school. And I guarantee you, I told some somebody, man, a guy was talking to here, another vet. If these schools... You could probably get vets to come work for free at the schools to protect the schools around here. You wouldn't have had to pay. Most of them retired vets just want to get out of the house a couple hours every day anyway. You let them come patrol around each of the campuses because that's what it is. They don't have enough people to cover all this. Now, Pittsburgh, it's, you know, it's different, but you get to a big town like Colleen you know, Longview, Tyler, and Austin, where you got more than one high school. You know, you, got, you don't have enough security force to be at every high school or enough police to have every school covered. So you, you got to get people involved. You got to get parents back involved. Dad's on patrol, I think, is a good thing right there. And cut down mm-hmm. on a lot of this bullying,
0: and your kids will feel safe to walk to school again, go to school. Alan. I'm going to say this here is, uh, you know, I, I got in a fight in like fifth grade. And I won't mention uh, that guy's name. He, he's a good guy now and everything. And, but I got six licks from him. My mom told me, if I got ever a spanking in the school, I'm getting three times this many when I get home. Well, I got damn 18 licks for us all over with my butt was so damn sore, but you don't sense that with the parenting of this, this, this young man here at all. And I, now I'm going to throw the bullying part over to Ira here real quick.
2: Go ahead. Ira. Well, Alan, you are on fire tonight. Everything you say resonates. It's spot on. I think this is a great conversation to be her Had. And, uh, Ironically, uh, it's not just girls who ran away. I actually I was scared of my mom one night because I did something or I didn't do something and she was gonna tear my ass up. And I said, I could take it anymore. So I took off running. Well, it was around dinner time. I'm kind of glad that my dad was faster tonight, so he chased me down and snatched me back home with my ass. And well, I got to eat after that. So anyway, that's my runaway story. But, <laughs> but the bottom, <laughs> yeah. but the bottom line is is that um I think it's a systemic failure of where you've got to have everybody involved. That's from the parents, to the teachers, to the principal, to the administrators, to everybody. All right. And the dads on patrol. Great idea. And the other thing, too, is uh, I don't think we talked about was even continue to arm, train and arm the teachers who want to volunteer to provide the security um and that's a cheaper way of providing security for the kids you know as, as at least a stopgap measure but you got to harden the facilities i tell you i've been into some um government facilities where it's state of the art why can't we have state of the art um for that regardless if you're living in a rural or an urban or inner city environment you got to take care of our kids because they're our number one um concern here. You know, that's what we live for is to raise them and protect them and to watch them grow into a full invested adults. Um, you know, but bullying, um uh, bull- bullying comes in all forms in fashions, um, and fashions and 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 colors if you will. And parents we have to get involved in our children's lives. Uh, I think my son bullied a couple of people one time, but I had to fix that. And they don't say put the fear of God in. So once you understand that, I will not tolerate bullying. Uh, you know, at school it was understood, and I also made it understood to the uh, to the teachers or the parents. If you have a problem, please pick up the phone instantly. Give me a call, and I'll rectify that problem as soon as I get to the school. Didn't have any issues thereafter. You know, so it's it is the parent. It's got to begin with the parents, begin in the home, and You've got to have that comprehensive look across the board that everybody's involved in the education and the care protection of our children. I'll turn it over to you. Alan, you had a point?
3: Yeah, you know what? uh, The coach said something a while ago about the weakness in the kids. You know what? You know, we didn't, I don't really think we had bullying back in our day. I think it was just something we knew about it. It was just called tough love. That's all it was. It was tough love. And I'm going to tell you what helped me more than anything. I had two uncles that man they beat on me so much. It didn't matter. We we couldn't play regular basketball. I mean, cuz we would have been fouled out. They beat on me. And when I got old enough that I started winning, I really got beat on. So, I think I think bullying today that wouldn't be bullying back when we were growing up. I mean, I know some kids we we can take it over to over the level sometimes, but I mean, in the army, every time you went to a new duty station, you know, you it, you, it was kind of a hazing period. I, mean, I hate to use the word hazing, but I feel it was just a ride of patch because you were the new guy. It didn't matter if you were a new private or if you were the, the new sergeant first class showing up. Everybody had to feel you out and had to test you, see what you were made of. And I learned a long time ago, if you know, if you just keep your mouth shut, listen, watch, then respond and take the crap or whatever's coming at you, then respond. But always, you know, listen and learn and, and before you run your mouth.
2: Yeah. This makes me wonder that even like to said, through the student telegraph, you know, did other people know about maybe the issues because the counselor knew, the parents knew, but they didn't do anything. But did some of the peers, did the students know and say, hey, Miss So-and-so or Miss So-and-so, I'm concerned about little Johnny because, you know, he's got some problems going on. We heard that there was going to be something going down, you know, and also, What's the history on this kid going back to the time they started school? Have you had any psychological things? Again, we pump our kids so full of psychotic or antipsychotic drugs that I think it does cause some sort of chemical imbalance that, well, it 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 uh it, it rears its head when you know at, at the worst time possible. Um, I, I'd be I'd be interested to know that there is a medical or psychological history behind this kid here, as opposed to just, just one moment, or is it isolated or is it something that built up over time?
0: Um, So I'm going to, I'm going to hit a point you brought up and I'm going to hit a point Alan brought up and throw it over the coach. And then we're going to get on to the rest of this, this case of what actually happened real quick. I, you brought up about, you know, uh, school teachers, uh, taking classes and possibly having weapons. I'm all for that. But we've all known the teacher when we go visit our students that uh, can't keep a conversation with you more than three minutes because they're looking at the scroll out the window. That is definitely not the one. There's got to be a sounding board in there of somebody going, yeah, him. Yeah, her. Yeah, him. Definitely, definitely not that Ian Griffin guy. It's not the guy you want there's got to be somebody with a sanity check in that part, I, I believe. So, and then the other thing, Alan, I, Alan and I, are, we, we all know about, you know, new soldier in the unit back in the old day used to get what pink bellies, you get promoted, you got, you walk the line. I, I'd never been beat down so hard in my life till I made Sergeant E5 in front of my peers. And when they hit me the first time out of 70 people I had to walk down, the first one goes, He's a sergeant now, and I thought I would just walk and just keep walking. I got to the third one. I went down to one knee, and the line was like a dog pile. And I was like, "I'm never getting out of this alive!" Oh my god! Yeah, uh, that brings a different toughness to you by by far. Uh, but, Coach, did you have anything else on the on the bullying and all that other stuff? Or are you yeah?
1: Yeah, let me finish real quick on, on yeah. one thing. I I, I want to I say that I, I believe what, what one of you guys said about bullying is different today. Yes, cyberbullying is a totally different thing. I mean, it's totally different than having social media where people posting things and saying things. I, I learned something from reading a book one time that men, we deal with conflict, with face-to-face. There's always that possibility of a punch being thrown. And, you know, so sometimes we set that line in standard knowing, hey, if you say this again, I'm going to bust you in the mouth and you know it's coming. But women or girls do it by slander, and they do it by, by 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 talking about each other and putting each other down and calling each other names. And today's society, the way that that I see it going, is that's a that's a very very slippery slope into more craziness like this happening. The last thing I want to say about this bullying thing is the parents. I believe the parents today are more concerned about being. Accepted by their kids and being liked by their kids and being friends of their kids than they actually are being parents to their kids, mentors to their kids, and discipline to their kids. And there is a huge difference than a disciplinarian like Neil Henson, than someone that's a parent like this, like this counselor, this, eh, just going back to class. Neil Henson would not have allowed something like this to happen. Neil Henson was a man of men that wanted to teach your young butt how to be a young man so you could grow up to be a respectable older man. And he took it upon himself to whoop your ass with a board the way it needed to be whooped, but also give you a quarter to go get you a coat to go back to class because he loved you. And you, there was a respect there and, that you got as a young person by getting the discipline and not having your parents come up there and get involved and say, you're not going to touch my kid. And that's what we have today, Vet, Alan, and Iris. We have parents saying, "You don't touch my kid. You don't discipline my kid." They come to school to protect their kids, even though their kids are wrong, and get on the get on the teachers and get on the principal instead of allowing the teachers and principal to be that next line of defense to grow those kids up to be young adults. It's absolutely sad.
0: All right. So one thing I'll say about Neil Henson is he'll spank your butt and then he would hand you a box of tissue and say, hey, young man, stay right there till you get yourself straight. And it kind of brings back to the point, though, today's society cannot be humiliated and nobody should be humiliated, but everybody needs to know how to deal with humiliation.
1: Why? Why should it just why should they not be humiliated? Tell me that bit.
0: I think they should, nobody should be on purpose bullied into humiliation like so, but what I'm saying is everybody needs to know how to handle humiliation on the other side. It's a two, it's a two way street is nobody? there shouldn't be five people going all out on somebody going, I'm going to humiliate him. Oh, let's do this. And we're embarrassing him because his family can't afford real pants or, or whatever. He didn't wash his clothes for a week and all that other stuff. There shouldn't be that type of bullying, but every kid should have a class on how to handle humiliation and understand that it's just humiliation. And then it goes away because that's the problem is they don't know how to let it go away. I'll go ahead coach.
1: Well, and I do, I do agree and disagree to a little bit of that because I do believe that what the parents are doing is they're not allowing the kids to work out the problems with kids. And what's happening is when a kid has a problem with a kid, they should get to that point where they work it out, even if it's a fist fight or if it's grabbing or cursing or whatever, and they get separated. And then if it gets to a point where it becomes more than just a regular fight or violence, then, yes, get the authorities or get the parents involved. But when you do not allow your kids to learn how to deal with conflict and deal with how to get out of a conflict themselves, that's not preparing them to go into work, going to the military, going into any kind of profession, because there's going to be conflict. I work with people right now. I absolutely love them, but there's times I can't stand them. And if I didn't know that it's not personal all the time, they're different people than me. And when when things are said in a heated meeting, which it happens at our place all the time, that I don't go report them to the state or I don't take it out in the parking lot and shoot somebody, you actually have to learn to deal with being humiliated and put down. Because I was just humiliated and put down this week because I lost a bet. Now, y'all going to laugh at this, Alan Bailey. Go ahead. I don't care. I bet, I took around a sign that says prediction. Flipped the sign over, it said Dallas 22, New Orleans 24, with a sad face. And one of the guys that's a big Cowboy fan, like all of us, said, I bet you 50 push-ups that the Cowboys win. I said, I'll take it. Monday morning, what I have to do? since so I walk down the hallway at the prison, show me what you got, boy, give me 50. Well, guess what? The warden saw it on camera. And said, "Hey, you're betting with uh, you're betting with our inmates, and that's illegal." And called me out in front of all the teachers. And I said, "Are you serious?" He said, "Yes. That's one step of, of, of below putting money on someone's book. You need to stop that." Embarrassed me and humiliated in front. You know what I told him? I said, "Yes, sir." And I went back to work. I didn't think about shooting up the place because you know what? We have to understand we're going to be humiliated. We're going to be put down. We're going to feel bad at times, but my mommy can't come in there and protect me. And my dad can't come up there and threaten to whoop the principal's ass. Totally
0: agree, coach. Totally agree. That's, that's, that's the art that we've lost in society today with, with the younger generation. So we got to move on because as we know, this 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 young 15 year old went into school with a nine millimeter after he was not taken home. He had it in his backpack. apparently. And all this is just what we read off the press. So, and, uh, and he shot, uh, wounded at least seven and killed four individuals that were from the ages of 14, 16 to 17 year olds. And, um, and so right now from what I understand is he is going to be charged with uh, terrorism, first degree murder. And his lawyers already entered a plea of not guilty his parents because of their association with it and everything and the text. And I don't have the exact text in front of me, but the mom had text him. I hope it's not you doing this or don't do this or something like that. Uh, when she found out there was a shooting, um, and I don't know the exact words, but the parents, uh, and I'll let everybody talk about it. Cause they know a little bit about it in their own unique way. Uh, it took a few days to get them to come to the police or to apprehend them one of the two and they're gonna be charged with involuntary manslaughter which involuntary or voluntary either way the state of Michigan pulls 15 years so I'm gonna throw the throw it out to Ira on what you know on all this and tell me what your thoughts are do you think that this uh, manslaughter charge should be pushed on the parents because this is a uh, this is a very landmark charge that's the first thing. But I also want to ask this as we're talking about this, are we pulling a written house and placing the charges too quick instead of doing a sanity check on the evidence that's provided and going, okay, we can meet this charge or we can meet this charge? Or, or are we jumping to conclusions again? Go ahead, Aaron.
2: Well, the wheels of justice are supposed to turn slow for obvious reasons, you know, because what's the old saying? You are innocent to proven guilty uh, in the court of law. By a jury of your peers, Um, but however, I think there's irrefutable evidence that clearly show that he was the shooter. But nonetheless, nonetheless, he stands accused as the shooter. All right. However, the rule of culpability applies across the board, not only for the shooter, but for those who may or may have not been directly or indirectly involved in facilitating um, this event. Thus, are the parents, I hold the parents responsible period bar none i'm not a michiganer i don't know michigan law but just like the other 50 question, other 50 other 49 states each itself is a uh little i would say experiment in um in in, um, um, government if you will because each has its own set of laws but you got the federal guidelines too but nonetheless i hold the parents responsible i think as a parent and i'm a parent you have to know, but you never really know everything that your child does, but you should know, at least strive to know everything that your children is involved in or what they're thinking a lot. I mean, you want them to have autonomy too, but I'm not going to let my child go to school without me looking in the sack, without me at least knowing who his or her friends are and having in. Parents. I think, failed this here. I think they thought it was a joke. I mean, not that it has any bearing on the matter, but the parents themselves earlier in their lives, you know, they had some issues too because there's another son involved, there's an 18-year-old kid involved from a previous wedding. But the parents also at one time had DUIs that they had uh, had garnered through, you know, some of their you know, their past history of run-ins with the law. But nonetheless, I don't think the mom was a such serious I think they were scared, but I think um that they're very responsible or irresponsible in providing a handgun shotguns, hey, let's go hunting, uh something like that, a rifle, let's go crap, some deer, got it, but a handgun I don't think I draw the line with that, and here's a personal experience, and then i and I'll shorten it up. I have a nephew, my nephew's thirty something years old now, but when he was a teenager, he had a little nine middle nine millimeter uh it was a bb gun but it looked like a little nine millimeter like mine chris i said the m9 nine millimeter the old military had, uh, pistol okay so he carried it everywhere with him i came home on leave one time and i said what are you doing with this oh it's just a pistol oh, no it's just a bb gun i took it from him. it ticked him off it ticked his mom off my younger sister she and i had some great words about it i said you know what he could be misidentified and thinking that this is a real gun and something serious can happen. Then are you going to be crying, boo-hoo? I wanted to work. But she and I, we talked about this sometime later, but she said, you know what? She was wrong and getting mad at me for disciplining him because I, as a parent, as an uncle, as the adult, I wanted to do the right thing to making sure that they're doing the right thing because he was going to take it to school and get in trouble because someone was bullying him. You kind of see how that ball of wax. He, It depends upon how you do it. You got to have care and concern. But let me hold it right there. I'm trying to save my voice. I've been talking all day. So with that, um, there's a level of responsibility. Hold the parents responsible and find if they're charged with involuntary manslaughter. I support that fully.
0: I'm going to throw it over to Alan here. Thanks, Aaron.
3: Yeah, I'm back. I got kicked off for some reason. Uh, you know what? Maybe may I don't know. Maybe they maybe they charging the parents at this level thinking, hey, we might not get them at this, but hey, we're gonna start at the top and we're gonna we might come down on the charges a little bit down the road. But I'm with Ira. Hey, mom and dad, you went out and bought them the gun, so you're just as responsible. And you live with this kid, so you bound to have seen something that you ignore because it's my precious Johnny. He wouldn't go do nothing like this. But you let it go, and you've you probably they probably pampered him his whole life. He's probably gotten every Xbox, every PlayStation, every video game. It wouldn't matter the level of video game. He's probably got every one of them. At fifteen, he was probably playing all the ones that says mature on there. So they're not there. There is zero parent, parenting going on with this kid right here. Uh, it says the night before he shot, did the shooting, he recorded videos about talking about going to shooting and killing students the next day. So evidently he didn't post these videos. They must've found him on his computer or his phone, something, you know, the next day. Uh, I don't know if we should charge a counselor, but that counselor definitely needs, she probably gonna go get some counseling herself now, cause I'm pretty sure she's probably pretty shook up, but she's probably looking at herself. Boy, I missed a lot of signals. I missed some things that should have, you know, flipped the switch in me this kid needs help. I'm He's drawing pictures of people shooting and, and blood and stuff everywhere. And, you know, it, that should have been a trigger. Uh, but I think that, I think the parent, you got to charge. The parent, they need a set of presidents and I hope it does. Michigan don't have a death penalty from what I read a little earlier. So they need to set a president with these parents, make them be accountable for their kid. Now I got one thing once they graduate high school, And they go out on their own and do something. You can't say, oh, that's poor parenting now. He's grown. He's out there making grown-up decisions. He pays for what he he does. But right now, this kid, he's 15 years old. Parents should have been involved in this kid from day one. And I'm not going to say it wouldn't have happened, but the odds of it happening are very slim because there's there's four of us sitting right here that came up at about the same time frame. We didn't shoot those schools up. And and like like we've said from the start, there was plenty of guns on on Pittsburgh High School campus in the 80s. So it's all about the way you raise your kids, make them tough, you you stay involved. You know, they call those, what do they call them now, helicopter parents or hovering parents. Hey, that's, that's parenting. You should know your kids' friends. You should know when they're going somewhere what they're going to do. If they close up in their room all the time, Hey, hey, why is the door closed all the time? Open the door up. i know parents take the doors off the hinge. And they just didn't have bedroom doors. So, <laughs> uh, so you, I, those are really hovering parents right there. So, and I, I think the parents, they need, they need something done to them. And I think they might've shot at the top knowing they're going to come down off of it, but they're going to try their best to get them at the highest level they can get them.
0: So Alan, I'll, I'll say this is when I was in Liberia, uh, My wife scanned me a a letter that my son wrote, and he had been uh, a kid at school, like in fourth grade, was threatening. He said, "When you walk home, my brother's going to kill you." And I'm in Liberia. I immediately I said, "Jenny, give me the freaking teacher and the principal's name and their email right now." And I said, I sent it to both of them, and I said, "Do I need to handle this from afar, or?" Can you handle this? And I can tell you after I hit send on that within an hour, I had an email from both of those. The principal and the teacher right then going, Mr. Griffin, this will be handled immediately. We will let you know what we did. And that's how it should have been done, you know, uh, on things like that
1: in my mind. But I'm going to throw it to the coach real quick. Go ahead, coach. Well, first of all, I want to address something Ira said, and I want to, I want to actually give my hand a clap to Ira, what, what he said. He is totally correct. What you did with your family member, that's what Tamir Rice's family member should have done for him, because when I think about that case, I feel so bad for that kid. That kid is spinning a gun around in Ohio in a park and gets shot by a police officer, but the gun looked real. His parents should not have allowed him to have that gun. And, you know, it's, it's it's wrong all across the board, but what you did, I, that's that's what needs to be done. Uh, something that Alan said about this manslaughter, I actually looked up the Michigan manslaughter uh, law, and, and this is actually, um, I wish I'd looked this up before, maybe I wouldn't have said what I, I said earlier, but it says involuntary manslaughter, also called criminal object manslaughter, occurs when a person is killed due to someone else's criminal negligence, or when someone is killed during another crime where the intent was not to cause bodily injury or death, unlike a murder, involuntary manslaughter means a person had no intention of killing another, but due to their careless or reckless action, caused the death of another human being. And that's exactly what these parents did. One of the things that one of those texts that I read is she told her son at one point when he was getting in trouble for something a few weeks before, is you need to learn how to like, cover it up better. I don't remember the exact words. I'm paraphrasing, but you need to to yeah. not tell people what, you know, that way. Are you kidding me? You whoop that kid's ass. You take that phone away and you make sure that gun's locked up. The first bit of issue that some kind of kid like this has.
0: I got Go the ahead. words, coach. It's uh, And it was the day before. LOL, um, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn not to
1: get caught. Are you kidding me? And see, right there, you're teaching the kid to be a better criminal than the authorities can find out about it or other people. Bingo. And, you know, so the last thing I want to say on this is we are at a, a we are at a set in our society. We've talked about it from our political side. We've talked about it from a government side. We've talked about it actually even from a Supreme Court side and, and division of liberal and, and, and conservatism in our country. There is a whole lot of things that we're at a crossroads at. But right now, the way kids are being parented I feel so bad for these kids. It's not their fault. They need to be parented. Like Alan said, it's not helicopter parenting. It's whooping your ass and putting you in a room for doing wrong. Or in some cases, today's kids, Alan, need to have their ass whooped and go outside. Because you can't punish a kid to their room anymore because that's where their little sorry butts want to be. When we were growing up, if my mom told me, you're grounded, you're going to your room for three days, I was miserable. I wanted to be outside. So, you know, take away what a ki- I learned this from my mom. I asked asked my mom years ago when my son was first having some issues. I said, what do you do? She said, the first thing you do, Brent, is take away the most important thing that kid wants to play with or have. And you have to do that to teach them. But we have to parent. This situation is another sad story in America, but it's not going to be the last one vet are and All It's going to happen again. There's going to be Sandy Hooks. There's going to be Columbines until we have an awakening in this country for parents to get more involved in these kids lives, we're going to continue to have these problems. Well,
0: so real quick, I think that it all boils down to there's not a respect for the value of life at the end of the day, that whether it's from parenting, social media, whatever it may be, but there is a lack of respect for the value of what life is all about. Real quick, we're going to throw it around real quick, and I want to throw this around here. Do you think this with the parents will be a landmark case that will set a new tone on how things are addressed? And I'll throw it to Alan real quick and then I and the coach, and then we're getting the flip-flop out of here.
3: Yeah, I I think so. I I think once this happens right here, it, it might even change the perspective for a lot of parents on the way they're parenting. Because it might, if, if not across the country, definitely in Michigan, there's going to be more parents getting involved in what their kids are doing every day. And before they leave that house, checking their kids, especially if they know they got a little Johnny that's pretty bad anyway, they're going to really start checking that kid out. So I think I think it will. I think this right here with these parents, if they get some jail time, it's going to really change the way the, the the government, I will say, across the country I think looks at every one of these cases. Now I know everything's got to be case by case, but when you can prove that the parents bought him a gun at 15, that mom bragged about him having a new Christmas present early, there's videos now that say he he talked about it the night before and videoed himself talking about going to school and and shooting students. I think with all the all the stuff that they're telling us right now, and we, you know we only know what we're being told. Through social media and, and, the, and, and uh, the internet and everything, but if all that's true, I think it's going to be a big change in the way things are done in the government, in the legal system, and in parenting alone.
2: I, I definitely concur with that, Alan. Let me tell you like this here: that that's all spot on, and I do believe that it is going to establish a precedent right there in the state of Michigan. But as I stated earlier with the 49 other states and you know the US territories in general, that each one itself is a uh a legal test bed because I'm quite sure that somewhere in one of these other states or territories is that the legislators are looking at uh what can we do to strengthen the laws of such. I mean, you, you can beat the dead horse to further you know, death, if you will, beat the dead horse, but the bottom line it's you have enough gun control now. What you need are policies. Uh, you, you can have people who are recidivists. You are going to have people who are just going to do whatever. But you're going to have to have some policies that that clearly show if, if you do something like this here, there has to be some justice or there have to be some punishments for the things that fit the crime. So each state's got to adapt their own uh, policy, probably stemming from this here. So there's a legal watch out there somewhere. With that, I'll turn it over to the coach.
1: Well, it makes me think also. I mean, we we want to say our parents are supposed to protect their kids. That should be the number one thing. Just like when you have a, if you're a client, and you have an attorney, there's there's certain attorney client privileges that you have that you can tell that you can tell that attorney anything and he can't use that against you unless you tell that attorney that you're about to commit a crime in the future, then it's his responsibility to contact the authorities. As parents, yes, we want to protect our kids. But if we know that our kid is at a a state of depression, that they're talking about hurting somebody, they have access to a gun, they're having these major issues, the parents have to contact the authorities at that office with the counselor. I mean, to me, it's like, okay, counselor, you're okay to send them back to class. I don't agree with that. We need to contact the authorities. But parents don't do that. I do think, well, I won't say I do think, I do hope that there is absolutely... Charges the stick on this and it does set a precedent because I do believe that parents will have that thought in their head. We're about to have kids come over to our house. Make sure our guns locked up. Just like I used to there was a case in the Dallas area when I lived there where some parents had liquor out, kids got drunk, one left, had a wreck, and killed another kid in it. The parents got charged and sued. And I guarantee you, I remember channel five and channel eight talking about make sure you lock your, your liquor up. Make sure you don't have kids have access to alcohol, this kind of stuff, even though it's horrible and it is horrible vet because of them being charged. I do think, and I agree with what you, both you guys said that it will change the perception that parents have and the culpability that they know they could have if they do not protect the community from your child. I, I agree. I think it's, it's going to be
0: interesting. It's going to open up a whole lot of different doors and such so with that right there uh i think this has been a really good episode to be honest here maybe the uh, best
1: maybe the best we've ever had
0: yeah it might might be so alan's sitting there kicking down the door for the best and uh what's crazy we just kind of came up with this thing i don't know last minute thing so uh but it's a really great topic and what's what's unique about this topic this case here specifically there's no 100% right in this, you know. There, there's a whole lot of variables to it, as this is shown. And there was a lot of opportunity. There were some, there were some teachers that really did good on catching some things, and then there were some places where the either the system, by checklist of a counselor, or the counselor herself didn't do the right thing. And then we know that, I think we're all in agreement. The parents really, really messed up on this one here, and uh yeah. and it's unfortunate because we got four people that are died that that have died. And those families, actually those four, those seven, that whole community will never be the same. So with that, I think it's time for us to get out of here. So I'm going to say right now from the coach.
1: And to the vet.
0: Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned.